Hello, St. Louis. This is your host, Brian Bisking, and this is the STL Leaders Podcast. Did you know that there are 2.8 million people that live in the St. Louis metro area? There are many leaders inside of that population. I started this podcast to give those leaders a voice. The STL Leaders Podcast mission is to speak to the leaders of our area to gain insight into their story, their journey, and the lessons they have learned along the way. Each episode gives you inside access to the people who make St. Louis what it is today and what it will be in the future. Listen as we dive into what makes each leader so impactful and how they view success, mindset, and leadership. This podcast is brought to you by Synchrony HR, NWO IT Services, Inbound Blend Digital Marketing, and Enterprise Bank and Trust. On this episode, we have Kent Scornia is the president and CEO of Crilogy. The brand he established, Crilogy, stands for the art of accomplishment. Through steady energy, hard work, and getting ordinary and extraordinary things done for his clients, it's a brand the team lives and rallies around each day. As the president and CEO of the firm, Kent chairs Crilogy Advisory Board and actively participates in the Crilogy Investment Committee. In addition to helping clients and serving his team at Crilogy, Kent also values serving in the St. Louis community. He currently serves on the Board of Junior Achievement, is a member of the St. Louis chapter of the Young Professional Organization, and is a board member of the Crilogy Cares Foundation. Kent also supports, through his generous donations, Special Education Foundation of St. Louis and VETS, Veterans Exploring Treatment Solutions. It's my honor to welcome Kent to the show. Kent, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me, Brian. Excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. I... Um, you know, I, I we were just chatting here a little bit ago about you know the mission, of the show, and the goal of the show. And I think you know, knowing what I know of Krilogy, uh, I think it's it's your your not only you but your organization is a great fit to really highlight uh, another STL leader that we have here in the St. Louis community. And so I'm I'm excited to to discuss your career path and and Krilogy and and all the fun uh, fun stories that have come along the way. So let's dive in. Uh, so I always start the show uh, giving the, the listeners a little background on yourself. Uh, so if you wouldn't mind, give us a background on on you and you know kind of where you're from, uh, your career path, and how you got how you started uh, Crilogy. Well, um, you know, first I want to congratulate you on the podcast. Uh, great, uh, just great people on here, and I'm really excited to be a part of it. Uh, We've had some of my friends on here in the past, and uh, they've done a great job. So a lot to live up to there. But just a quick history of my, of me. Uh, I was born and raised in Washington, Missouri, small town about 45 minutes west of St. Louis. Um, you know, it, it was uh, a great place to grow up. I'm a classic small town kid, and a great family. Uh, you know, mom and dad just uh, very supportive, and a big family back there. Um, and then I was fortunate enough to. Uh, play some uh, college football. So that's how I uh, made my way through school, graduated, became, uh, moved to St. Louis. Actually, one of my teammates, uh, Jay Murchison, who runs Concero Technology Group, actually would be a great guest for you. Absolutely. Uh, runs an amazing well. organization. Uh, yeah. And uh, he, he introduced me to a technology company right out of school. So this was back in the 90s. And if you remember, uh, there was an issue in, in, in uh, the year 1999 that everybody <laughs> talked about, which is Y2K. Yeah. And uh, so Jay's like, hey, uh, you know, I got this opportunity for you. It's technology. Um, you know, so I hopped in that business and I did well. Um, but I really just, it, it just wasn't me. Um, but I also 
frankly, I made a little bit of money and I was a good saver. Um, and I sat down with a financial advisor at AG Edwards at the time, who was also a former teammate of mine in college, uh, a gentleman named John MacArthur. And, uh, you know, he always, I used to go to those meetings and uh, just really be into my investments and uh, from my financial plan. And, and about the time I was sort of getting um, burnt out on the technology space, uh, Johnny and I were having a conversation and I said, oh, I think I want to become a financial advisor. And he's like, absolutely, this fits you well. It's a great, um, it's a great industry. And, uh, and that, that was the beginning of it. And uh, then I found a great firm here in town who uh, helped me start my career. I became a partner in that firm. I became director of advisor development, sat on the investment committee, and uh, ultimately launched Crilogy when I was 33 years old. And, um, you know, we, we really haven't looked back uh, since then. The best part is, is John MacArthur, who was my original financial advisor, is now my partner and chief investment officer. So I uh, really came full circle, um, you know, and he's been with us. Uh, you know, he joined us really a couple of years after we started and and uh, really institutionalized the way we manage money. So, um, yeah, that's that's the story. That's really exciting. So you started Crilogy at 33 years old. What was that like? Was that I mean, that had to be a little bit of a risk, I would assume, on your part. So talk to me kind of what made the decision to start that. And and obviously, I mean, I know a lot more of your about your company maybe than, than most. But now you guys have, you know, multiple locations and a lot of advisors So talk to me about the growth path from starting it at 33 to where you guys are at today oh yeah well it it helps when you're young and dumb that that <laughs> uh you know there's some there's some uh being naive is is uh is beneficial at times but uh you know i was always taught to dream and i was always taught to that if you see an opportunity don't be afraid to take it and uh you know when i launched Crilogy back uh really the the concept came uh, 2008 and uh, really 07, 08, where the the economy and the market was just really in a tank. Um, and I noticed that the industry at that time was really more about pitching investments only. And I felt like my clients needed much more than investment talk. Uh, it was about planning. It was about the execution of the plan. Advisors spending time on uh, more than just the portfolio management, which should be at a high level, but also the financial planning side. So uh, that's why I launched Crilogy. I felt like there was a there was a niche in the marketplace where we could go beyond just the portfolio management piece. And, uh, you know, I was a little bit of ahead of the curve. Most of the industry is caught up to that now, trying to provide value beyond just investing. Uh, but then there was also a unique niche to what we were doing, which was developing talent in an industry that was pretty stale and pretty old in terms of its ability to develop new talent. And uh, I had that unique skill set. So um, that's how we started. And we hired, I joke all the time. I was only 33, so I hired people younger than me. And if you look at the pictures of the Crilogy staff back in 2009 and 2010, we look like a bunch of high school kids running around <laughs> here. But, uh, you know, I hired the best and the brightest at that time, and uh, we developed them. And then from there, um, you know, we started to hire really great, experienced veterans in the industry. And those veterans saw our youth and our talent and uh, wanted to join forces. And, you know, a lot of our industry, frankly, is, is about individu individualism and scarcity, where people only care about their book of business. And I didn't want to create a firm like that. Sure. Uh, I wanted to create a firm where we were, we were teammates and we wanted to help one another because if we helped one another, our clients would benefit from that. And uh, we talk about the, the word abundance a lot here. Uh, we talk about teamwork, dedication, 
uh, give a relentless effort to help our clients accomplish their goals. And, and uh, if you do that in the right manner, uh, your clients are going to have great success. And I think that success feeds on itself. And that's why we continue to grow at the rate we are today. Yeah, no, I think those are all very valid and great points. I think, you know, um, when I when I talk to you, I, I, I see that you took a risk and I obviously it's paid off. And I, I love how you said that you're you were raised a dreamer and a dream. Um, I think that's that's a very important lesson for us all to learn is that, you know, if you have an idea and, and you want to and you want to take it um, to dream big and you never know you know where your where your sites are take you. So talk to me about how you lead um, the variety of different you know, uh, advisors you have within the organization. I know you said you kind of started with a lot of young advisors and now you have a lot of experienced advisors. There's got to be a different type of leadership um mentalities that you lead different age groups of, of people and different experiences of, of people. So how do you do that? How do you manage both of those? I think, I think one of the best pieces of advice is I I've received over the years is, is a quote I use often, which is don't, don't judge, be curious. And uh, you know, at all, really that, that line applies to so many things in our lives, but when you're trying to help somebody grow and develop and become the better version of themselves and really create a better life. Um, you know, don't judge, be curious fits in a lot of different situations. Um, you know, whether you have an, an advisor who's looking to retire in the next five years and they're really worried about uh, their clients and how we help their clients, um, you know, in their financial plans, the rest of their, their retired lives, uh, or you have a young advisor who is uh, really developing their book of business and working in context of a senior advisor's practice um, it, it, it's all about just understanding what's happening in their world and then trying to empower them to find solutions. We have rules of engagement at the firm, but one of them is with the challenge, provide a solution. So it's essentially, you know, if someone walks into my office or anybody's office, a teammate's office and says, you know, here's our problem with the firm or here's a problem I'm having. You know, we're going to look them back in the eye and say, okay, what's your solution? And uh, the goal of that is for them to really critically think through the problem and then come up with the solution. It may not be the right answer, but at least we're trying to work through through that problem. And then the other the other one is motivate, create, and act on opportunities like never before. And you know, if you think about that statement, there's that's a very meaty statement. There's a lot in there, but yeah, you know, if you if you're motivated and uh, you understand why you're doing things and and you create and act on opportunities like never before. Uh, that really fits into a lot of different scenarios, especially when you're working with clients. Uh, when you notice something inside a client's world uh, that you can find uh, a way to create value and make their lives better, uh, just then just go do it and go beyond what uh, most people would be willing to do. And that's, you know, when I'm working with our team, whether it's staff or advisors, uh, that's that's the approach I take. Sure. No, I think you, you mentioned the word empower in there as well. I think it's a very important word when you talk about leadership is just empowering your employees or your advisors, your teammates um, to do the job that they've been you know hired to do. And I think that's that's very, a very critical point. How do you motivate? How do you motivate your team, especially, you know, I'm gonna, we're going to dive into the COVID-19 pandemic here. I think it's obviously an elephant in the room, especially in your industry right now. And so how do you motivate the team and how has the COVID-19 pandemic impacted your organization, um, obviously, we, we see how it's impacted the stock market and the economy. And, you know, I'd love to get your insight on that here in a minute as well. But how do you motivate the team, especially during this challenging time for all of us? 
Well, I, I'm not sure I, I, I try to motivate the team. I think what we what we need to do is, as leaders is set an example. And, uh, you know, I've got a good buddy of mine, Dan, a good buddy of mine, Dan Mullen, uh, who is a head coach in Florida Gators. Uh, he always talks about you got to set the bar as a leader. And it, depending on how high, how high you set that bar, you've got to be willing to live up to it. And then you got to help your teammates try to live up to that high standard. And I, you know, he and I have had long conversations about leadership, and I 100% agree with that. So, you know, number one is I try to lead by example, effort, commitment, uh, not just to the organization and to our, our staff and employees and teammates, but also to the family, my family, uh, to our communities, and uh, really to try to make, um, you know, Krillogy a better place and and our clients' lives better better in terms of how we help them. So setting the bar is really important and then leading leading by example and then from there though i think it's a matter of really trying to understand what's happening in your employees lives uh you have to lean into what's happening in their in their world um you know you mentioned a little bit about covid uh the stories that you hear from employees and teammates uh, and then beyond that from clients are um just remarkable, sad, tough, challenging. And if you're not empathetic to what's happening in their lives, you know, trying to give them the rah-rah speech is not going to work. It's right. uh, really just lead by example, try to be empathetic, uh, really understand what's going on in their world. Don't judge them by what's, you know, what potentially is happening at this current moment. Be curious about how, uh, how they're reacting to things. If you hire people with great character, uh, you really shouldn't have to question their motivation. They're going to be motivated and they're going to come into work every single day. Absolutely. You use the word empathetic there. And, you know, I've obviously during this podcast, I've had the, the privilege to talk to a lot of many great leaders here in St. Louis. And we've, we've talked about this COVID-19 pandemic and how it's impacted not only the organization, but their employees. And I think the word empathetic, you have to be empathetic, um, you know, with, with your colleagues and with your teammates, because you don't know what challenges they're facing at home in their personal life. and uh, obviously, you know, they've been hired to do a job, but you still need to have empathy on what's going on in, the, in their world. And so I think that's extremely important as a leader to, to understand that and to, um, to, to utilize, you know, any skill sets you can have to, to do that. I, I, I interviewed Jim Lally a few weeks ago and he told me that uh, yeah. when, when he's a good friend of mine, great yeah, guy, when he told me that when, you know, this pandemic hit, he, he wanted to, you know, he has, he's managing over seven States, you know, a lot of offices. And so, he wanted to he wanted his employees to see him. And so he had his family hold up a, a camera and, and he videotaped himself speaking to his employees so that they could see him. He thought that was extremely important. And I think uh, I think to your point, just being empathetic uh, about what everybody's going through, I think, is extremely, extremely important. Totally agree with that. We actually I started this thing uh, when we when we got into the pandemic, we we started to use uh, Slack as a communication tool. And I don't know if anybody's familiar with it, but it's uh, one of the more popular internal communication tools. And I started actually carpool with Kent and I literally sit in my truck and uh, just give an update on uh, my thoughts. And it literally is one take as awkward as it's going to be, but uh, just, um, you know, and it takes me seven to 10 minutes to do it. And, um, you know, it's really beneficial and I get a lot of, get a lot of great feedback from our teammates, especially now since we're distant. The best part about that is, is that other teammates around the organization do the same thing now. Yeah. And uh, so it's kind of contagious and it's a really great way uh, for, for teams to at least see and, and, and hear someone's uh, voice, but also see how they're reacting. 
and um, you know you, you sort of you, you don't completely close the gap of of working together every single day, but you get a little bit closer. Yeah, no, I think that that's awesome. Carpool with Kent, that's a that's really neat. And again, like you said, it allows your employees to see you and um, and hear from the leader of their organization um, in a way that's not just an email, right, or or something along those lines. And so I think that's I think that's a very awesome way to keep connected with those employees. I, I can tell you one thing that I've missed during this pandemic is going into the office every single day um, and working with my colleagues. Um, there's, there's, there's something to be said for that. And so uh, anything that any organization can do to try to bring that culture uh, back to the organization by working virtually, I think is extremely important. Now for a quick break, we bring in Synchrony HR. Does your company struggle with HR? Does your organization wish it had access to better benefits at a better price? Synchrony HR here in St. Louis does just that. Synchrony HR streamlines your administration, provides HR consulting, and provides unique access to large group benefit offerings. Check out Synchrony HR to learn more. And now we welcome back Ken Scornian. Talk to me a little bit about the economy. Obviously, um, the stock market is, well, it's been on a roller coaster for a while, but um, how do you think? You know, what do you think the future of the stock market and the economy looks like as we go into the fourth quarter here of 2020? And, and obviously 2021 is right around the corner. What, do, what, do you, what is your predictions or how do you see it impacting us here in St. Louis? I don't try to predict the economy of the stock market. I think that's a, that's a fool's game. I think um, what, we, what, what you need to do, though, is really understand what type of uh, financial plan and wealth plan you have in place. Make sure you have one, number one. Uh, and, and make sure that your portfolio and its risk are aligned with your plan. So, for example, if you're looking to retire in the next, you know, five years, uh, your portfolio should really be a little bit more conservative than it had the previous 25 years. Uh, the reason for that is because volatility. The one thing I can guarantee, Brian, is volatility. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've got an election coming up. Uh, they're trying to pass a, you know, at least a 1.5 trillion dollar, if not more. A stimulus package. We've got um, at this moment in time, our president's in the hospital with COVID. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty out there, and uh, that's going to create volatility in the market. Yeah. Now that when there is volatility in the market, that that does create opportunities for you to sort of rebalance uh, your portfolio to make sure that it stays within the parameters of the risk that you've put in place. And uh, you know, I always talk about people want to say, what kind of returns do you get on your portfolios and and I speak to, well, I'd, I'd rather assess your risk that you have in your portfolio. If I can tell you how much risk you have uh, in, inside your portfolio, I can pretty much tell you the return you're going to get over a long period of time. So, you know, the economy is, uh, I think, number one, has shown its strength through, uh, through COVID. Uh, there are parts of the economy that are, are just decimated. And, yeah. um, you know, whether it's, you know, if you're talking about 80% of the economy is doing okay, uh, the other 20% is is uh, is really 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 decimated and i think that's that's going to drag on um, the economy going forward um, but it also i think is really hard to watch and see because a lot of our friends are in that 20 percent, and um, you know you just want to help them as much as possible yeah uh, and and there are times where it's it's almost impossible to help them other than uh you know be a friend and and uh, be a good um, you know sort of a uh, support 
person for them. I think, uh, you know, I, I put something out on LinkedIn a few months ago about, hey, business leaders, let's let's all connect with those who are really having a, a hard time at the moment and uh, spend some time reaching out. I think it's important for all of us to do that as business leaders. You know, we all we all know a handful of people who have just been crushed by this pandemic in terms of their business. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it, it's important for us to reach out to those folks. No, absolutely agree with that. I think anything we can do as a community to rally around those folks is is, is extremely important. Um, and so I echo that statement. I'm going to take shift gears here a little bit um, to going back to really, really where you be, be learned to become a leader. So you mentioned to me that you, you know, played high school football, college football. I know you were a quarterback. Um, so obviously, I'm sure you, you were obviously the leader of the team uh, as the quarterback of the football teams uh, that you played on. Um, but talk to me about how you learned to be a leader. Was there a mentor you had along the way? Did you read books? Um, just give us some insight on that as, you know, a lot of people who listen to this podcast, you know, are aspiring to be a leader. Um, that's the reason they listen to the show. And so anything you can give them on, on, um, advice on, you know, kind of your path to become in the leadership position you're in today would be, would be excellent. Yeah. I, I think the first thing I would say is put yourself in positions to lead. and. You know, I go back to high school football. I, I started off as a defensive end and a fullback as a freshman. I didn't play quarterback until I was <clears throat> late into my freshman year. And I'll never forget that the first time I stepped into the huddle and I had 10 uh, young guys looking back at me and needing my direction. And uh, all of a sudden I felt as if, holy cow, this is this is the spot I needed to be in. And, um, you know, from there you start to learn, right? Uh, you're calling a play, you're going to use your tone and your, and your cadence in terms of how they're going to react to you. Uh, if you really, really want to get intense inside that huddle, you can, um, it's a rare, it's a rare place in the world to be in. Now today, a lot of times, um, football teams don't even huddle up, you know, they take yeah. signals from the sideline, but, um, you know, you are, I was in a position to lead. And from there, I just sort of took it and went and, and, and then I started to read books and I started to, to uh, interview and, and, and discuss leadership with uh, other people, even beyond uh, football. And I thought, I think that's 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 the most important piece to a leader. You have to continue to learn, uh, you know, read, uh, leaders are readers, I think is a great statement. If you're not reading books, if you're not listening to a podcast, if, if you're not uh, having conversations with um, you know, amazing people, uh, you're, you're missing out. I'll give you a great story. Uh, I'm flying to New York one time. I hope you have time for this, but I'm Absolutely. flying to New York and uh, I'm going to the Gold Glove Awards and uh, I sit, I'm sitting in the uh, Southwest seat and there's one middle seat left in the whole plane. And I'm thinking to myself, gosh, no one else sit there. I'm going to have two seats available. And uh, the last person on the plane who walks in before we fly off is Tony LaRusso. And he sits right next to me. And, um, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to the, the uh, Golden Glove Awards. I got to imagine Tony LaRusso is going to the Golden Gold Glove Awards. So I, I uh, and I had just written a book at the time called The Playbook. And it was a book for uh, athletes about wealth management. And Tony just wrote his book called One Last Strike. Yeah. And it's about the, uh, you know, I see the jersey in your background there. And yep. uh, so anyway, I'm like, how do, you know, do I say something to Tony? Do I talk to Tony? You know, how do I bring up, you know, so I said to Tony, I said, congrats on your book. I had just written one. I'd love to hear about your process. So we actually spent the next 
two and a half hours on, on the flight, just talking and we exchanged numbers. He ended up not going, he was not going to, uh, to uh, the gold gloves. He was actually going to hang out with uh, George Carl as uh, the best NBA basketball coach. So anyway, he texts me and says, next time you're in California, look me up. Well, it turns out I uh, was going out to California a few weeks later and uh, he and I sat and watched the national championship game uh, for college football where Alabama played Notre Dame. And uh, we talked leadership for three hours and it was the coolest three hours I've ever spent uh, listening to a man who was led you know some of the greatest athletes on earth uh won world series titles uh we talked about his approach and i think you know that's a lot of luck in that moment but it's also a little bit of courage that i had had the courage to say something to tony on that airplane and it led to you know just one of the most meaningful leadership discussions i've ever had in my life no, what a what a great story, and um, obviously, yeah, as you can see in the background, I'm a huge Tony La Russa fan. I, w- I was raised a Cardinal fan. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> um, and you know, Tony, obviously, as a kid, you know, there was Joe Torre who was our manager for a little while, and then, but for most of my young life, Tony La Russa was was our manager, and so I, you know, got to see him win a couple World Series here, and so um, that's a really neat story. But I think inside that story is what you just said: courage, having the courage to have those conversations um, and discuss leadership and. You know, who else better to learn from than, you know, St. Louis, one of St. Louis's finest managers, Tony LaRusso. So I think that's a really neat story. Kent, I always end this podcast with really the last, the same question every time. And it's just, if you had, could give our listeners one piece of advice um, as we go into the fourth quarter, into the year here, what, what advice would you give somebody who's either A, aspiring to be a leader or um, who are, or is listening to the show, um, you know, trying to get into a position that you're in today? I have a, I would, I would say to them, just go. If you're hesitating and if, if you, if you overthink things, it's going to hold you back. Um, You know, one of the, one of the common themes I see with all leaders and all successful people is that they start a lot of things and they, and they just grind through them and they understand that once you get going, you will figure things out and um, just have faith in yourself and just go. So if you're on the verge of, you know, do I want to start this, this company? Do I want to change jobs? Do you, do I want to start this division? Um, go for it. You're smart enough to, uh, to figure it out. And uh, odds are you're probably going to be successful if you have uh, the amount of drive and effort and energy uh, that you think you have. So I would just say, go, go for it. I think that's some great advice. I, I will give, I'll say a quick story real quick. I, I had contemplated this podcast for probably six months to a year. Talked to my wife about it. I talked to mentors about it. Um, And I just felt like it was never the right time, never the right time. And then finally, I just said, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to do it. I don't know what direction it's going to take. It could completely fall apart. Um, And and now, you know, you're going to be episode 15. I've got episodes booked all the way until 2021 uh, with a new episode every single week. I've met some amazing people along the way. I've had some great leaders on this show, got some amazing leaders coming up. Um, and so to that very point that you just said, just go. You, if you have the right characteristics, the right strength, the right drive, you'll figure it out. Um, I didn't know what I was doing when I first started this podcast. I had no clue. If you listen to my first episode... <laughs> Versus to my episode now, you see a drastic difference, but you just learn along the way. And what I found is in St. Louis, people gather, uh, rally around the people uh, here in town, and that it can never be more true about this podcast. So I think 
that last piece of advice you just said about just go, I echo that statement. I just went and I went for it and it's, and it's taken off. And I think if you look at your career and, you know, back in 2007, 2008, when you decided to start Crilogy, um, you know, look at the, what the economy was doing back then and you just went and, and now look where your organization's at today. So I think that's, that's some great advice for our listeners. So I, I appreciate that. I appreciate your time today. I think this was very insightful for a lot of people who will listen to this episode. Um, and so thank you. Brian, it was a great pleasure and uh, amazing job on this podcast and good luck. I appreciate it, Ken. Thank you so much.